It starts with a taste, knowingly or unknowingly, from a cursed creature who has decided to curse you too. You find yourself in love, obsessed, and soon living an existence of servitude. Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude takes place in the Twin Cities of Minnesota during the winter of 1988 and tells the tale of Keith, played by Becca, Lewis, played by Joaquin, and Dennis, played by Slavic, as they are tasked to track down a missing ghoul and are exposed to the darkness that surrounds them. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, Lewis, the door closes and your back is facing the door and you're staring at this woman in bed and she's staring directly at you. She has these gray eyes and her skin is almost like porcelain except it has a slight blush high on her cheekbone. She looks like she's older than Jody. Maybe if you were to guess, 19, 20. And you see there's a moment where she looks you up and down. And then she slowly looks down at her sheet, which she can't reach. And she looks up at you. And you see she lifts her knee up a little bit. And that moment where her knee like lifts up a little bit, your eyes open. And you feel when that leg, that knee rises a little bit. And her sheet just slowly slides down her thigh. You can't quite see what resides in the shadows under that sheet that's between her legs, but you feel magnetized by this woman. You look back in her eyes and you feel her eyes are almost pulling you into her and you can't stop adoring her. You look at her fingers and you see that they're gently resting like she wants to be where she's at and you see she's relaxed. She's becoming enticing. You stare at her breast for a second, and then you stare back at her face again, but you can't stop looking at her, all of her, what you can see, and you feel this urge to be as close to her as you can. Out of character, awe is happening right now. Well, I guess right now the biggest thing is that even though like he, what he is seeing is like he is enticed by her, but part of him is still going like, wait, but the buildup, like the, the whole situation or surrounding is that it's like it's it's like conflicting his head like his morals versus like the, the enticement he's feeling and the desire right and the ghoul's yeah. blood and all that so in system what you can do is you can either follow through with wanting to be closer to her or you can spend a willpower point and try to leave the scene and the desire right and the ghoul's yeah. blood and all that so in system what you can do is you can either follow through with wanting to be closer to her or you can spend a willpower point and try to leave the scene. I think I'm going to try to spend a willpower point to try to leave the scene. Just because, yeah, like he's right now, definitely he's feeling like, I want this, but I am in control. I am in control. Especially with everything that's been going on, right? You're a public servant. You've been seeing this from a third person perspective, been seeing this downfall of this man that you never met. And now you see this and you felt like you're fighting your essence. And there's a moment where you look at her and you're like, no, like in your head, you're like, no, no. And you go to turn around. And the moment that you turn around, we're going to cut to the two that are sitting on the couch. All right. You guys are sitting on the couch and you hear the door close and you hear the creak of 
the hallway as this man is walking back towards you. This guy who went to the kitchen, the blonde guy, is opening the fridge and you hear the rattling of beer bottles as the fridge closes and he turns around, he has the beers and you see this man's like, all right, your friend, the other, the one walking down the hallway, the greasy, dark haired, bald guy with the beard. It's all right. Hey, your friend's about to have a good time. Relax, have a drink. You know, listen, if, you, if for some reason you guys need a little Coke to party and as he's in the middle of the same party, all of a sudden you just see the door, the front door just explodes in like it's been kicked in and okay. you see like three figures come bursting through you see one shoots like he's holding something in his hand and you see this loud explosion kapow and you hear it like go off in the living room and your ears are ringing there's a second you're like what the fuck and you see dennis as you're like reaching for the beer that to give to keith you see the man who's handing you the beer you hear his see his face just gets hit with this shotgun blast and there's a moment you're like, what? And you see the beer bottle drop from him and it like breaks on this counter. And you just see like this blood and this brain matter hit the fridge and hit the linoleum behind. You're like, what the fuck? And you can't hear. And Keith is, you're like, what the hell? You see like one of the figures like shoots the guy who's coming to the hall. He's like, well, shit, shit, shit. And he just gets shot in the chest. You see him just like hit back against the wall. And you see the third figure that runs in there goes and shoots him again in the head with the shotgun. And he's, Figures, you're kind of thinking they, you, you think that they're wearing ski masks, but it's hard to tell because you're like, right now you're, you're caught in a hysteric confusion. You can't hear and you smell gunpowder and you see like, you think you see two more figures like walking in, like they're running down the hallway and you, as you are turning around, Lewis, to open that door with that willpower, you look and you see something go through the little trailer window bust through the glass and you see it hit the ground you're like what the fuck is that and all of a sudden the room is lit with brightness and you just hear this loud ringing in your ears you can't like focus on anything it's almost like your nerves have been hit with an impact that your senses cannot perceive and all of a sudden you're as you're starting to collect yourself you see like the door that you're reaching for is like kicked open and you kind of go against the wall and you see like two figures run in there and you hear this inhuman screaming coming from the thing on the bed i was just you're you also you you smell the smoke and you hear this loud like shotgun blasts are coming through and you're looking you're starting to be able to see through the blare the 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 brightness that your eyes were just overcame with and you see like shotgun blast after shotgun blast hitting this figure but you see like all of a sudden his mouth is gapping open and you're like confused and you have no idea until right when the final shotgun blast happens you see like it stop and then it just slowly starts to like shrivel and you see it's like stuck still tied to the bed but it's almost like every muscle in it is tense and it doesn't move and you see at moment you're like what the fuck and you see when the figures looking down at you and you can't make out anything you just see the white skin from the ski mask and you hear it muffled and you're get the fuck out of the room now move i thought i'm just like uh, just like, crawl away and you see yeah. it's like one grabs you lewis by the back of your shirt you know what i mean like they're like dragging you down the hallway you two as you're starting to collect you hear the two figures like on your fucking knees now on your fucking knees <laughs> i guess i'll just do what it says i guess oh no i'm talking about the other oh. two like the, the other two are looking at you keith and dennis and they say on your knees yeah i guess we follow their instructions keith is pretty much down immediately as Everything just happened. It's oh man. 
and he doesn't even know what's going as on. As you're on your knees, like, oh, what the fuck? You're looking, you see this dead body of this guy just against the wall. His head, like his top of his head has been blown off. You see brain matter and bone that's like embedded into the wall, this cheap linoleum wall that's on the corner. And you're like, oh, and you like almost are like hit with a sense of like, you feel like you're about to panic a little bit. But you, as you go on your knees, there dennis you realize that you don't have to see the body anymore but then you like look up out of the corner because you're like right next to the counter and you see blood is trickling from like that collected on the counter and it's like dropping on the carpet on your at and then you hear like you realize that there's five figures in the room right now and you hear all right we got them right you got you got you get you got it right and you're like yeah yeah it's out it's out it's out he's like what about these three you know what the fucking do and you see like all right and they like you see him turn around there's a moment dennis where you're looking at the blood dropping and you look up and you see this butt the shotgun come across your forehead as it knocks you out and keith you're sitting there looking at this body like what the fuck and you you see you look up to and you see whack and you just you're out and you see this happening, loose as you're coming in. And you're like, no, no. And you all of a sudden back your head, boom. And you're out. You're in darkness, swimming, lifeless. Then you wake up and you feel like water dripping off your face. And you're like spitting out water. And you feel like a smacking up along your face. You're trying to like, all three of you are trying to like collect your thoughts, like where you're at. You, know, what? you got this headache from hell. Just like your head is ringing. And you try to move to like rub your head and you realize you can't move your arms and you're like trying to look around and you see that like you're tied to these chairs. Your arms are tied and you're like, what? your legs are tied. You can't move your fucking body. And you look and you see like, you see Dennis, Keith, as you look to your left, you see him to your left and you look to your right and you see Lewis and you three are sitting there, but you have gags in your mouth. Like a cloth has been put in your mouth and you got like, it's kind of like taped around your mouth, but you guys can look at each other. And you're trying to like, you're starting to look around and you're trying to figure out where you're at. And you think you might be like in a cellar. You see like concrete and you see like a cage that's kind of like off in the distance, but you see like a figure, but you can't quite make out because your vision's kind of blurry. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice. It's a feminine voice. It's a female voice. And you look ahead of you and she's like, can you hear me? Not if you can hear me. And you look and you see it's a blonde lady. She looks like she's about 35 or 40. And you see next to her, there's another blonde lady. She looks like she's about 25. And then next to that is a taller African-American guy with a shaved head. And again, the older blonde lady looks at you three. She's like, nod your head if you can hear me. Lewis will nod. Slow nods from Keith. Yeah, Dennis will be like, oh, probably still. I'm going to tell someone to take those things out of your mouth. If you scream, I'm gonna put them back in. If you scream, no one's gonna hear you. It is a waste of your energy to scream. You understand that? Nod your head if you understand. Yeah, that's a fantastic, fantastic nod from Lewis there. Again, slow nodding. Uh-huh. So you feel hands like behind your head, which you realize now that there was someone or someone's multiple behind you. And you feel the knot being loosened, and you feel like a hand come around, take the gag out of your mouth, the rag that tastes like dirt and dust. Your mouths are dry as they do it to each of them and you. And this lady looks down at you as you're sitting, and she's like, we know what you are, even though some of you may not know exactly what you are. She's like, she should probably, they should probably hear it from you. 
and you see a figure come walking up and you see it like kind of coming from the shadows and you see Dustin, his beard's a little longer, still trimmed. His dark hair that he used to have in a fashionable style is kind of messy. And he's just shaking your head, his head at you three. And he's like, guys, all three of you, man, you know why you're looking for me, right? Think about it. Would you really put yourself at risk to look for someone like me? Why were you looking for me? And he looks at you, Lewis. Because a good friend asked me. <laughs> a good friend, right? Think about that long and hard. This good friend of yours. Why is he a good friend of yours? Let me tell you something, man. That thing you saw in that bedroom, your good friend is just like that. Your good friend has enslaved you, and you don't even know that. You. And he looks at you, Dennis. Why were you looking for me? Fuck's it to you. What's it to me? Because I want to help you, brother. I want to show you that you're being used. We know about you. We know about your friend. Lawrence is his name, right? Yeah, we... real asshole. Yeah, he's a monster. And they're all in this city. And they're using people like you and I, especially you. And he points to you, Keith. Kenneth, you're Kenneth. He's the worst. Him and his fucking cronies. Him, Philip, Brian Cooksey, Brian Rogers. I saw you. I knew what they were doing to you. I heard them talk about you. You think that man really loves you? Even if he thinks he loves you, he's a monster. At that, Keith will attempt to lunge at him. Then you feel like two hands on your shoulders. Don't worry. When I first started realizing it too, I had a hard time understanding. But these people and someone else has helped me have my eyes opened. And you see him look and you see this lady comes walking and kind of like pushes the two blondes aside. She, you see she has long, brown, oil-like hair. She has wide almond eyes and these luscious lips. And she goes down and kneels down in front of you, Keith. And she looks at you and she's like, you're going to start to remember. And the moment when she says, you're going to start to remember, your body kind of goes like it's been shocked. And you start having these visions of like Kenneth, like looking down at you, like with these horrible fucking fangs and blood, just like going down his fucking chin and screaming at you as he throws you across the room. And then you see like this other vision of why he's looking at you. And he's like, don't worry. Don't remember this. None of this is important. None of this matters. Don't worry. You're going to forget this. And then you see another moment where he's angry at you and he's just like, hits you so hard in your stomach that you barf out and you're screaming as you're naked on the bed and he's pounced on you naked too and these fangs and blood again as you're screaming and hollering as he bites down on your neck and you're lost into pleasure and then all of a sudden your eyes open up again and you see that the figure who was just kneeling down in front of you is standing and you see these five figures the two blondes the african-american dustin and this lady they're all wearing black and you see Dustin look at you three, and he's like, we will show you the way. You can be free. We are giving you this opportunity to be free and to join us. Open yourselves to us and answer me this. And you see the blonde go, no, it is my, it is my duty to ask him, Dustin. She puts a gentle hand and pushes him just a little back, and she kneels in front of you, Lewis, and she looks up at you. This is the older blonde lady. Do you want us to help you? Do you want to be free of your enslavement? Lewis will basically just go. 
I don't know who you're dealing with, but I'm no one's slave. You are. Now again, do you want to be free? I I think I'm fine where I am. Have I done anything wrong yet? You see her stand up, and she looks at the other four, and she's like, and she turns and walks away from Lewis. Lewis, you're staring at her like, what the fuck she means? And boom! Everything is black. And you hear this loud ringing Keith and Dennis as again, like the almost what made you deafening. And you look and you're looking at right to your right, both of you guys. And you see just like Dennis's head flop forward as like a shotgun blast from behind just explodes his head forward as it hits the cement. You hear his wet splashing sound. And then it limps to the side and you see the blonde goes to Dennis and she gets on her knees in front of Dennis. And she's like, you look pained. Yeah. Do you want to be set free? Do you want to let that pain go? Do you want to be free of your servitude? Uh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, out of character. Does he mean that when he says that? Or is he saying that? Uh, sort What's of, he- but he, he, he means it in a different way. He means... It, it uh you know if I get out of this mess I'm just gonna move somewhere to fucking Mexico and okay so go there. <laughs> no, when 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 you say he does when you say like once he gets free he's gonna move to Mexico does that like mean he's done with Lawrence too yeah I'm done with like everything everything just move Canada Mexico anything yeah. just Europe whatever you just see. When you, when you say that, you see her look at you, and you see her look, and you see the woman with the brown hair walks next to her and puts her hand on her shoulder because, like, the blonde's kind of kneeling down in front of you. And she looks at her, and she's like, he speaks the truth. She looks up at you, and she's like, Ali Helelitu. She's like, set him free. And you see, like, you feel like your hand's being tied under. You're, like, untied, and you feel like your leg's being untied. And you see, like, three people from the side of the room come and help you. And you see almost like they put this warm blanket around you and you start feeling this comfort that you have not felt in a long time. And like, we are here for you. Don't worry. It all changes now. It all changes now. And as they walk off with Dennis, you see, she comes to you and she gets on her knees in front of you. And she looks up at you, the blonde. She's like, are you ready to be free? Ready to be lifted of your servitude? Oh, man. Keith was in shock with what just happened. And the the images playing them over in his mind. And when she asks that question, he makes square eye contact with her and just starts crying as if a floodgate had been released and all the conflicting emotions that he's been feeling building up throughout the day and the uncertainty of what and who anything is right now. He's just losing himself in the emotional release. And she looks up at the brown hair lady who's standing in the background and the brown hair is like, he wants to be free. And you hear a general chorus go, and you feel like the bindings getting cut from your feet and your arms as Dustin comes up to you and he smiles down at you. He's like, you are free. We will make you free. And he like offers his hand to help you up. Come to me, brother. Come to me. And we will fade out to a time lapse. Your deaths 
are faked. One body is buried in a field on the outskirts of Minneapolis, an unmarked grave. One public servant disappears, but soon is replaced by the machinations of the government. A businessman does not show up to work. His apartment soon collects dust. His past identity and connections gone. An artist is rumored to have given up, taken the money he made, moved, not able to handle the fame. Some rumors say that he went to Mexico, others say Canada. But in all reality, those two people have found new lives. First, it started with withdrawals, being locked in a room, constantly on watch in this huge mansion for what seemed like an eternity, being told of Lilith and the pain that she experienced and how that pain can enlighten you. The pain of the past, the pain of current, and the support of one another. And soon you find that weird love that you had, even though you both know that it was never really love. You know that you were abused mentally, physically, sexually by these people, by their control that they had over you that you did not ask for. And there's a moment where you two, one evening, go into a hotel room with a group and you know that you're about to face unbearable pain. You hear as the hammering of bolts and chains as you are tied up and lifted in the corner of some seedy motel and know that these people who are about to cause pain to you and suffering to you love you though with all their heart. And you realize that all of this that you are going through has been bestowed by that one brown hair lady who told the leader of this group that you were not lying. You soon found that the two blonde ladies were the biological mother and sister of Philip, the prince of these leeches, of these monsters that hide amongst the city. And that knowledge and that support structure that you guys felt helped you survive the, the pain and the right that happened in that hotel room. And you were given a sip of the same thing that enslaved you before, but now sets you free. Because now you are part of this group who hunts down these monsters who cause this abuse to you. And you know now how they work. And you know now that you can take their, their precious blood and you can use it to strengthen and yet not become enslaved either. That is what happened to that blonde that was caught in that trailer. You realize that was Dustin's final initiation and gift before he too started the process that you started. That's why he was hunting down that blonde prostitute. It wasn't because he was infatuated with her. At first he was, but then soon he realized when he found out what she really was and what was done to him, he knew he would offer her as a gift to this cult. And soon you find yourselves hunting these monsters that reside in the city. Matter of fact, you came upon one in 2010, 20 years later, as time has gone on and your new identities have been in the city. It was one who looked Hispanic, who was crying over a dead body of a lover, you assume, and you captured him. And you brought him down to that very cellar that you were set free in, both of you. And you put him in that cage, just like the other ones you had. And you had new initiates now that were getting joined because you were in the shoes of the people who had set you free over 20 years ago. And you go into an apartment with these two close friends of yours, Ramona and Paul, Ramona Ortiz and Paul Hughes. 
and you're excited because you know they too will survive what you survived and they too will be brought in but then you slowly start panicking realizing as you're inflicting this pain upon them that they are not healing like you did that they are not passing it like you did and you realize a calamity is starting to happen especially amongst the leadership especially amongst the two blondes and david the african-american but you continued on because you realized leaving those bodies up there would be a sign to these monsters that reside in the city that you knew that you were aware and would bring attention upon them to maybe shed some light on what really happened. And there's a moment in another mansion in a gathering of debauchery where you and rest of the members of the cult had found people to initiate in. You were in the middle. You were a mass of 30 people trying to make your way to these two people. And Dennis, there's a moment while you're in the middle of this animal lust and rutting with one of those people, you look up and you see, you see that one who was on the dance floor, the one who drew Lawrence's attention and she's coming through these double doors. And there's a moment of panic because you know, like she looks the same and you know what she must be. And you almost want to flee at that moment. But then you look to the left and you see that brunette lady, the one who said that you spoke the truth. She is now wearing a red dress and you see her looking at this Ophelia as she comes into that room and you see Ophelia get a panic and you know that lady in the red, she's there to protect you all. She has led you this far and she'll continue to lead you. So you go back to what you were doing. And then a few days later, both you and Keith, none of you guys go by the name of Dennis and Keith anymore are in another mansion, that very mansion that has this cellar that you were set free upon, this very mansion that in the cellar you know right now contains one of those monsters, those leeches. And you're excited because you know in the back is a ritual that will happen. You know what you had to do where you climbed over the wall of brambles and went through the cold water and then you rutted in front of the bonfire to signify the pain and the journey that Lilith made is about to happen. It actually just had happened but right before you had stepped out to see it happen the man formerly known as keith you see someone standing there with the jacket on and you realize also when you go out and the act is happening you recognize this person you see his auburn hair and his sharp features but he stands out because you can tell he's not comfortable and you realize that this is that jonathan chase person that you spoke to in that office seems like a name from ages ago that you had forgotten and you see that he has not aged either. And you're in that room too, worried, waiting for a moment to tell David that this man probably isn't legit, that he should not be here. But then a gun is pulled out and David tells you all to leave. So you look at the man formerly known as Dennis and you go outside with others into the snow until you hear a gunshot that comes from within and you hear screaming. And there's a moment that you turn around and you almost want to go in there and save your brothers and sisters. And you see Dennis coming around too, along with everyone else. And as soon as you go to step on that door, you feel that breathing's harder, both of you. Dennis, you look at Keith and you see Keith like kind of grabbing his chest for a second. And you see him like kind of slide on the steps a little bit, like he's trying to grab the banister. And you look around and you're seeing these other people, these friends of yours, these people that you have gone through everything with in the next 20 years are starting to slowly fall on their knees. And there's a moment where you feel weak and you fall on the snow on your side and you can't breathe and you feel some wet coming out of your mouth and you look up and you see this woman the woman who told them you were not lying the woman who was in red and you look up at her both of you and you try to reach your hand out 
knowing that she has saved you so far and you see her smile at you and you hear buzzing as a fly or two crawls out of each of your mouth and everything turns black. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.